Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl Shanice checking in back with you on another episode of Narcos Mexico. We are moving right along. Today we will be recapping three and four. Before we get started, I have a few church announcements for the pod today. First, I want to apologize. I did not come back on yesterday. I got a little busy and was not able to uh, get back on and record. We um, were supposed to do the recap of the interview of Sammy the Bull versus Michael Franzese. It was going to be on the Value Tamen's YouTube channel. And it didn't happen. <laughs> I was there to watch it on time and it looks like they kind of snuck us with like a teaser of trailer so they don't even have when it's coming out they just have that it is coming the trailer is dope so if you guys just want to check out what i'm saying um you're going to go to value tamish channel believe it or not sammy the bull he has a, a his own youtube channel as well you can go check him out Michael Franzese definitely has his own YouTube channel. He's out there popping. Like I said, he was a lieutenant with the Colombo family. And we all know Sammy the Bull came from John Gotti's Gambino family. So it, they are doing it still. But yesterday it was it looked like it was going to, you know, show. But it's not. It was just an official trailer. So they don't have when it's coming, but as soon as it's coming, we're definitely going to recap that. It's on Valuetainment's channel, Sammy the Bull, Michael Frenzy's all YouTube channel. If you're into like a lot of the narcos stuff that we've been talking about, check out Valuetainment's channel. His channel is so dope, and he does a lot of interviews with these guys and just have a lot of good intel on there. Um, the trailer for the interview is going to I don't know if it's going to be like a documentary or what but it's called Mafia State of America so we're going to check that out and I do want to start moving over to that topic as well but we have so much we're doing with narcos and also with going into the snowfalls we're going to get to that as well but I, I definitely will recap that as soon as it comes out but i want to eventually start talking about the documentaries with the five families of the gambino luciano family and all so we'll get to that as well but for right now we're going to keep doing what we do and focusing on this narcos mexico um with the series that we're in now in season two, I uh, do I do love how we got, got to do the documentary after season one. So at the end of season two, we're going to do another documentary. And if you follow me on the last one, that was Narcos Wars, the first Mexico cartel. We will cover um, the next episode after that. You know, like it's like a series of shows. It's all on Hulu. And these are the small documentaries. So how we did the first Mexican cartel, the one right under that, I want to say it's episode three. That's going to be the divide of the plazas of what we're seeing now in season two. Um, moving right along with the BMF show, we're going to start covering that right after Raising Canaan goes off. That will start premiering in September. Before we start reviewing that, I want us to check out the documentaries as well. 
We're going to do White Boy Rick documentary, and then we're going to cover the rise and fall of a hip-hop drug empire, and that's the documentary off BMF. So let's go ahead and check out those docs, recap them together, and then we'll be able to get into the show. Um, As far as Snowfall, I've been telling you guys I can't wait to start covering that as soon as I start this platform. Um, With that, I do want us to cover two documentaries before we even start with um, season one. That's going to be Crack. It is on Netflix if you want to be checking that out. And Freeway Ricky documentary. We also going to check out the Reagan documentary because we know Reagan go hand in hand with all of this stuff. Um, Also, The Messenger. That's based off of Gary Webb. He was the reporter that ended up... uh, They say he committed suicide, but he's the one who brought this story to light with the CIA and everything being involved with the drugs being brought over to the States. Uh, We will cover Barry Seal. He was a pilot and he was also attached to the CIA and he was killed by Pablo Escobar's the Medellin cartel. We covered that in narcos um the regular narcos when we did pablo so we already talked about barry seal but i want us to cover the documentary as well all most of these documentaries i've already researched them for you they're already on prime video but as we get closer um you know i'm gonna remind you guys and drop it down um in the podcast i'll even put them in the links for upcoming episodes i'm just kind of giving you guys a heads up of um upcoming shows that we do have coming up of course we're gonna do raising power tomorrow i think i covered everything as far as what i like to call the church announcements now that we'll recap before we get into the direct show if i did miss anything i will be recording tomorrow so i'll add it tomorrow um let me just check one more time we're gonna get into this show and then um i was thinking last night you know it would be a fun episode just kind of just to you know talk about something different we i last month i did the show about my favorite tv shows of the 90s and how tv has changed and it's no longer the same how would you guys like to do my favorite movies of the 90s and how movies are just not the same no more? They are not the same no more. Uh, you, you know, you still have your good ones. And then, you know, we do have a bigger selection with the Netflix and the streaming services. So sometimes you actually have to give them a chance. But um, it's just like not how, you know, the 90s were. And that's not for any specific genre. I'm talking about movies, period. Uh, we can go over a few things that I liked it. I'll do my f- uh, favorite top 20. And then uh, with the interview we're going to cover off of Valuetainment's channel, I was thinking about doing an episode of my favorite mobster movies because I love my movies. I watched them all. I watched all the documentaries. So, I think those would be just two fun episodes I'll throw in there in the meantime. So I think that'll be that as well. Don't forget, um, if you're into all the stuff that we talk about, check out my mentor. He just dropped his book. It is on Amazon Prime. Check that out. It will be a good read. If you're on YouTube, he's on. Uh, he's uh, has a YouTube channel, Gully TV. Um, he covers sports, hip-hop, fashion, um, done a lot of dope interviews with um 
the people from DC who was wrapped up in the game. Uh, he was the first one to interview Haitian Jack. So his book is um, called Some Things I've Been Through, a memoir by Jamil Lindsay. That is on Amazon Prime. I will shout that out again tomorrow. I think that's about it. Don't forget you can follow me on my social media platforms. Alicia Shanice is IG. Um, Same thing for Facebook. I got some dope playlists on Spotify. Like I tell you guys all the time, if you don't feel like coming up with look uh, dope list, if you're just in a in a and taking a long car ride, need something to listen to, don't feel like swiping up and down. If you cleaning house, chilling with your with your boo, anything, I got you. All you gotta do is just download Spotify. Follow my playlist. They all start with Shanice Loves. I got reggae playlists. I got gospel playlists. I got country playlists. I got 90s hip-hop playlists. I got playlists for everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. Motown, 60s, 70s. So check me out. I haven't made my 80s playlist yet, but it's coming. On that note, I'm not going to hold you guys too long. Let's get into the show. Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. All right, guys, we're going to get into this show. I believe if everything goes as planned, we will we will finish this pretty quick and we'll be moving on to Snowfall. And I cannot wait. Um, So I hope you guys are enjoying season two. I know I am again. <laughs> this is not my first time watching it. I'm sure if you're listening and you just love the Narcos talk, this is not your first time watching it either. But I could talk about it all day because I love me some narcos i love just the realness of it i love on how they show the real footage i love how they break down the stories they dramatize it up a bit but you know that's how the hollywood game works but i love it we open up with episode three this is titled ruben zuno archie and we got a lot of zuno in this episode so when it opens we see miguel he's having a vivid dream of miss maria And this dream turns into a nightmare. At first, she's standing there. She's talking about the past. They're back in Sinaloa looking around where the children used to play. She's pouring him some tea. And then out of nowhere, it blasts into a nightmare. And um, it goes back into the scene of the room where they um, did the murder of Kiki at and how he was sitting in the chair and how he told Miguel, you fuck you know you fucked up right <laughs> so maria got to uh repeating those same words and we see that he is steady getting haunted as he should for what they did to kiki um it goes to the next scene and we see amato he's also sleeping as well and pablo acosta busts in and says hey dopey you know he kind of wakes him up they go to basically when he walks outside he sees the other guys amato was like what are we doing? And you know, one of Pablo Acosta Sicarios are like, we're going to commit a murder. So <laughs> they go to the hospital. The guy who they're looking for, his own sister, dimes him out, tell him how many guards he has, what rooms he what room is he in, and he busts in there. Well, they all bust in there and they kidnap kidnap the guy. They 
take them all out of the IVs and everything else. The nurses is telling them, like, if you take him out of these machines, he's going to die. And they're like, oh, he's going to die anyway. You know, like, it's just just another day. Um, We move on over and they talk about if you wanted a conspiracy with the murder of the DEA agent, here's one. And they show us Zuno because all the evidence is leading back to the deed of the 881 Lope de Vega home was in his house. It was in his name, which we learned in the documentary that wasn't necessarily true. Um, it was more under Ralph's name. But anyway, Zuno, uh, yes, this is dramatized out, but Zuno did get arrested. He is over in the state, still incarcerated to this day. Um, so talk about a conspiracy. He was married to one of the, he is, he was currently married at the eighties to one of the former president's daughters. He was the nephew of the minister of defense. He was like a big businessman over there. He was into like a lot of the art galleries. He owned a lot of them. He owned a lot of businesses. A lot of them were inherited to him, but then it shows us the other side of him, uh, where he was addicted to cocaine and prostitutes. And basically, with all the connections he had and the, the lifestyle he was living, as Walt say, you can't make this shit up, right? So we go to the next scene and we see Walt and Ed talking. Uh, Walt is filling him in. Ed is like, just go ahead and get this done. Because a lot of this stuff, technically, the case is supposed to be closed when they had Rafa and... <clears throat> Finesco locked up and Finesco is Don Nito, of course. And when they locked up Don Nito, a lot of dirty cops and other people went down as well. So they're like, we already have people. They just want to cover it up. And the U.S. at the time wasn't going for that. So we have Watt. He's very persistent with Operation Leander, of course. Um, they check out the deed. Then we go to the next scene and we Miguel, we see Miguel Felix. He is just being hunted by everything he did. You know, everything is coming down on him fast paced. He can't sleep. He's looking at his new wife. She's in the pool and he's not happy. You know, he, he finally got everything he wanted, but he's not happy. He's not happy with his wife being gone. He's not happy with the new little princess he's had as a trophy wife. He's not happy with his two partners being locked up. He's not happy with the main thing of that uh, money is not coming in from uh, Colombia, and also all the heat is coming down on him. He gets a new wife. I mean, not sorry. Of course, he got a new wife. But he gets a phone call, and they let him know about Sergio Verdon, the, the one who was doing the torturing, that he's that he's been murdered. The doctor is missing. So he get a call like, "Look, you might want to be careful." So Calderoni is in his pocket now. He basically summons for him to come right away. Um, Pablo Acosta ends up torturing the guy from the hospital they end up beating him like crazy his head is swole and he's asking him the guy is apologizing like it was nothing per personal i have kids this was only a job so pablo acosto is pissed off and he's like how much did they pay you to even come after me he told him it was for 250 pesos pablo gets to he gets roughed up even more because he's like i could have paid you more than that not to try to kill me and let me know what happened so he tell he tells him that it was arvelos who ordered the hit on pablo acosto and that messes him up because that's his mentor we'll get to that 
towards the end, of course. Moving right along, we go to the next scene and we see Walt and his team getting a plan together to get Zuno. We go over and then we see Benjamin from the Tijuana cartel, from the Tijuana Plaza, should I say. Him and Felix are on the phone. And, you know, Benjamin is going off. He's getting a lot of heat from his own family. Uh, he's telling Miguel Felix, like, with this bra, my brother could have lost his eye with that big fight they had in episode two. Uh, how Sinaloa just shows them no respect when they move stuff through their plaza. So Felix tries to play the tough card is at, you know, like, look, watch who you're talking to is going to stay the same. But when Benjamin doesn't back down, he end up uh, rewarding him or giving him, shall I say, a 10% dis uh, tax on anything moved through Sinaloa. Now, I've told you guys this before, but just in case you forgot, don't, this is definitely dramatized. I mean, business is business, but the Felix brothers, um, they are actually Miguel Felix blood nephews. And when he did get locked up, um, he did leave them in control. Like he divided everything up. So a lot of it is dramatized out, but business is business, family or not, but they were direct um relatives that those were his nephews and they were really crazy <laughs> um <clears throat> so benjamin you know his sister still has an attitude um she's not happy with the way business is running he's trying to please everybody and you know you can just see her walking away with disgust we get into the desert and pablo acosto he's with his friends and sicario some other guy pull up they get to playing cowboys like they're pointing guns at each other i like pablo acosto <laughs> uh we go to the next scene and we see zuno this scene reminded me of season one when Rafa was out of control when he tried to quit cocaine out of nowhere. Zuno is high as hell. He's paranoid. Uh, he All he hears is one word, American, and he gets to going crazy. One of the uh, prostitutes try to walk up and just give him a kiss. He chokes her. Like, he is just doing the most. He got people running up to him. They giving him the coke, putting it in his nose for him. He's just a hot-ass mess, paranoid, out of control. We see that the... Um, the uh, minister of defense, his uncle, has sent the military with him to protect him. But, you know, he is out of control. He notices that it has been a suspicious car. So he knows that he's basically in for it. Miguel Felix. This was a very interesting scene. Miguel Felix, he goes to meet with the minister of defense. He also, you know, he tries to to, to pull something. Have you noticed how um, they in the show part? I'm not talking about real life because I try to separate the two. Uh, in the show, when Miguel Felix first met the Falcon, he got to trying to when he went to go do further business meetings, he would say stuff the Falcon said to him, like with the security guard Tony making a gesture, like Tony, how tell how tell the zoo how many men you killed in Vietnam. So now he's trying to pull the shit with the Minister of Defense. And the Minister of Defense, uh, he's he's above you, hun, and he's trying to tell him what Don Juan told him, like, have you ever heard um have you ever excuse me i'm sorry have you ever wrote um read the book of ancient rome and he's trying to break everything down don juan told him and don juan told him so who are you supposed to be 
you know, Julius Caesar, you might want to go back and read the book so you can see how the story ends while you're trying to be cute and speak knowledge you don't know. So and he basically lets them know, like, uh, why don't you just scurry into the whole rats like you crawled out of? Because no matter how much money that they're bringing in, uh, the way how they work their self up, they're all dirty. But it's a certain way that people like him are going to look at Miguel Felix, even on how he tried to please the first governor, Cecil from Sinaloa. They're always going to look look down on you. You're never going to be good enough just because you're bringing in this money. And then, you know, Miguel Felix has to try to go to the next uh, blackmail market and let him know, like, look, your your team you know, everything, the premix, they bring in the most money over here. They brought in $4 billion this year. My, uh, his, his, his whole system, the whole cartels, all of that, they brought in 15 billion. And he like, if you don't get your shit together and protect me, I will pull my, my money out your banks. And then what kind of president will you be for this country? Because remember at this time, the minister of defense is running for president. He's already set the, basically everything's already, the plan is in motion for him to take over and be the next president. So he kind of put his, puts his foot down Cause that's one thing that Miguel Felix is very, um, very, very, very scared of is chapping in to come to come over to the U.S. for prison for the extradition. Extradition. So they end up setting up Zuno, and this was a smart plan. They tapped his phone. He's thinking he's calling Miguel Felix's office, but instead he's calling uh, somebody from the DEA pretending to be the secretary. She ended up tapping him off with false information like the Americans are on to you. He's so paranoid. This, the, the guys from the military is trying to let him know, like, do not take off. We cannot protect you if you leave. He ain't hearing shit they saying. He running to the plane. He get on there. He high. He happy. He like, ha, ha, ha. You know, he's still getting high. And this was one of the most smoothest operations I've seen. You know, uh, the smoothest. Soon as he lands, he's in Texas. So we have him in the States and we get the capture of Zuno. And that's how he got over there. Um, Pablo, go, Pablo Acosta goes to meet with Antonio, who is... Um, or Verlo's wife and they kind of have words and a standoff you can tell us a lot of history in there but at the time we don't know what it is yet then you know he goes off they meet out in the desert it's a big shootout Pablo ends up killing his mentor and you know he goes over and prays over him and Amato was like what the hell why are you praying for him and he like look that's the difference between you know your youngins and the old school old school we had ethics and morals it was a code to the game and that's why Pablo Acosta was getting tired of it because everything is out of control he's real old school he's not with all this stuff anymore and he goes on to say how Averlo uh stopped him from crossing the bridge um back when he first got in the game and then he was about to you know get taken out for 12 ounces of heroin and he basically took him on as a mentor and there was so much uh that you know blood that happened with all of this with his son being murdered and everything and he's like when you have a war like this it has to play out because i started it i had to end it he said it's rules to it we could have called people over here to handle this for us but that's not how bandits work that's not how the old school work and amato is gaining a lot of respect for pablo acosta because amato in actuality up to right now 
with the status season. He's pretty much a decent guy. I mean, of course, they're all doing dirty stuff, but for the most part, we see a decent guy. You know, Miguel Felix, from the beginning, we thought he was a decent guy, and we seen what he turned into. And Pablo Acosta, see, you know, when that's when he joined in with Miguel Felix because he seen how he was coming at him. He liked it the where the direction they were going in. But then he's now that he sees how Miguel Felix is, he doesn't want to really even be involved in this stuff no more. We go to the last and final scene and we see Miguel Felix on the phone with Marie's mother. He's calling to check on the kids, seeing if uh, she got the gifts and Maria is sitting there and she like tell him not to call no more. That was episode three. We're going to move right on to episode four. Um, give me about 15 more minutes of your time and I will have you off. Of, I'll be off of here. Um, <clears throat> we get into episode four and it opens up playing a smash from the 80s that is a classic song and that is what he's driving and it's more of a flashback and he gets the news of his brother being uh murdered quick interjection here I'm sure it probably was someone like a Watt over here, but I am wondering, is this supposed to be basically Hector Boreas, who we just covered in the last NARC? Because, of course, we know he was over Operation Leander, but they did say on how they had people already overdoing Operation Leander, but... um you know, they didn't speak Spanish and then most of them were white. They weren't uh, Mexican, so they didn't fit in over there. So somebody was going to know you were part of the DEA or something. And uh, Hector Boreas had did so much undercover work. He knew how to move. He knew how to speak Spanish fluently. He knew the game. He knew how to get over there and do everything. And that's why he was able to um, successfully find out the information he find out found out. And he was the one who brought the doctor over to the States. So a lot of the, the stuff that they have walked on is what Hector did. Um, it might have been a real walk. But and then his brother, one of the reasons he's joined the DEA was because his brother had a drug problem. And he said on how he never seen his father cry until his brother was addicted to drugs. So I am wondering if this is loosely based off of of Hector Boreas. You know us, we like to find out the real story behind everything. So I don't know, it could have been a walk, but a lot of this is based off of what everything that Hector did and Hector's background with his brother being a drug addict and that's what made him join the DEA. Moving right along, we go to the next scene and we see Miguel Felix. Where does he go? He goes into the prison. He going to see Don Nito. Of course, you know, every time he was in trouble, he always ran to Don Nito because Don Nito was old school. He knew the game and it was it was no other like Don Nito. They say to this day, Don Nito was still out. All the shit going on right now wouldn't be going. Who knows? Um, so you can tell he got shots because he, he hands the, the bottle of liquor to bring the Don Nito to the security guard. The security guard says no liquids in here. He pushes it right back through. Like I said, this is going in here. <laughs> they let Miguel Felix in. He goes up and, you know, kind of gives Don Nito the drink. And Don Nito, like, thanks. He looks and he said, what the? You can tell this disgust on Don Nito's face. And I don't blame him. He wanted to kill that man. In the show, of course, I know, you know, I try to separate them both, but we're talking about the show part. Um, They kind of have a talk. 
And Donito basically tells him, fuck off. He like, you got your trophy wife. You, um, and you're not happy. You feel hunted. You did, you did this. You betrayed your family, which is Maria and his children. You betrayed your friends. You betrayed this. All because you wanted to betray them for fancy lawyers and high politicians, which was the truth. And Donito did never wanted to do the murder and all of that. So he's telling them the truth. And he like, let me tell you what. You better fix this before they put you in here with me and Rafa. And then it ain't going to be no saving you. I imagine this was very dramatized. One of the reasons why I say that is because, of course, we don't know. They could have all fell out after that. Who knows on that part? But as far as them just being caged in like that, uh, Donito and Rafa had it made in prison. They were walking around with their own guns. They were having all type of visitors like they were having whatever they wanted and then miguel felix he was still running the operation so i'm not sure that probably was just dramatized out to show us the tension in the air but i am not even sure if they had this much tension in all of this so i don't know about that part i don't want to you know speak on something that i have no idea but from all the docs and everything we don't know if the relationship went turmoil as far as we know now they say Rafa Carroll is still, you know, running stuff now to this day and him and El Chapo's camp is beefing. But as far as Miguel Felix and Donito, I don't know if they all just fell out like that because they weren't just snitch. He didn't he didn't just dime them out like that. So I don't know that but that part. Um, but that was a good scene. We see Rafa for the first and only time in this season. He looks pissed off. Like, we know how Rafa get down. He looked like if he could just get his hands on Miguel. So that's for sure how you know it was dramatized because he wasn't just in one little spot in the prison like that. They had it made in prison. They had whatever they wanted. They probably left and came back. Go to the next scene after the prison scene and we go to Zuno. Zuno is in there snitching on everybody. He's telling on his uncle and everything. And did you guys find that interesting on when he's telling the names, they still bleep the names out to this day. That's some powerful stuff that shows you it was like very high politicians involved in this case. So he's snitching on an uncle and everything and they bleeped it that part out. Very interesting, especially everything we learned from the documentaries. It shows you how deep this stuff goes to this day. So that's when I want that's why I always say how we talk about Colombia. Yeah, Pablo Escobar, his story is legendary. <clears throat> Nobody went to go create a war on the government like that by themselves, but at the same time, this story shows you on how powerful it was from where the DEA became what it was and from how Mexico is today and the cartels are today and how there's still high information and high power for people was in there. Even on how they stopped, tried to stop the documentary from coming out, like Amazon, it was supposed to come out on Netflix. They got scared. Amazon went on to put it through. So it shows you it's like a lot of, it's deep, you know? So we go to the next scene. And we get Miguel Felix, him and um, Don Juan are on the phone. And what are they mentioning? They're talking about their own meet in Panama. This all goes back to the other narcos. Who's in Panama? Manuel Noriega. We're going to have to talk about him too. We're going to definitely have to talk about Manuel Noriega. We'll get into that. He's on the phone with Manuel Noriega. They're talking about how they'll get protection from his guys. 
we um so Miguel Felix and Don Juan they have it all set up to meet with the Cali cartel, which is going to do an interesting turn as we know. We go to the next scene and we see Watt. He goes over to his sister-in-law's house and he knows he's being followed. They kind of have a heart-to-heart end up talking. Um, we go to Horace and we see uh, Pablo. He's back to working, back to calling shots. And Amato is really impressed with on how everyone listens to Pablo Acosta, how respected he is. But then who do we got pulling up? Miss Mimi from the States. <clears throat> Mato is not feeling this. She takes all of, um, you know, Pablo's attention off of handling business he has to do. Um, Pablo Acosta, you can tell he's loving Mimi. And uh, Mimi did really exist. It, um, she really was Pablo Acosta's girlfriend at the time of his, um, at the time of all of this. We'll get to Pablo Acosta later. But yeah, she was really around around his time. She was really from the States, I believe, Texas. Sinaloa is pissed off about paying tax. And, you know, Chapo tries to uh, show an idea to Hector Palma. Hector Palma is not the best guy to lead this plaza, but that's who Miguel Felix put in charge. And Chapo is trying to show him something, and he kind of just cusses Chapo off. We go to Isabella. <clears throat> she goes and finds uh, Edenina which is Benjamin's sister. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. And she's trying to push her plan over to her. And, you know, Adina just shuts her down. And Isabella was like, I thought you were the brains of the family. She storms out of there. Isabella is hurt. She goes home and gets the crying. She's looking in the mirror just like, you know, over it. And rightfully so. Um, she uh, she really got played by Miguel Felix in season one. If it wasn't for her, he wouldn't have had half the shit he had. So we see why she was like that. Um, she was definitely a real person, as I said before. Even though we covered the documentary, I want to wait to season two to get to breaking down real people. Because some people in here, they have them like they died or this, this, and this. And that's just not the case. And then some people they have in here that they're dramatizing, they're putting them with other people that they weren't even connected with. So we'll definitely do a breakdown when we make it to episode 10, talking about who was who, did they really get locked up or whatever, because, you know, a lot of it is out, out there just to make the story better. But with this show, I've always said they didn't even need to dramatize it even further because this was just so much. Pablo, and then they do it to protect other people's as well uh pablo and mimi they have their special moment she can tell that he is ready to get out of the game um we can see that he's falling in love with her and he's getting tired you know we see chapo and his mom he's confided in her she's giving him the encouragement that do what you want to do if you have a plan chapo go ahead and do it and they're showing us now the ambition in chapo because eventually if narcos continue we know that we'll come to uh el chapo but we're still in the 80s um early night about to get into the early 90s with a model the lord of skies when we do season three when they bring that out so we can see that they're building it up for us to see who what el chapo did end up becoming interesting part right here we get to the Colombian connect and Miguel Felix they're talking and he's telling him about the CIA and you know how to go through them to get basically the, the American DEA off of his back and he's telling them you like you got to be careful they put you on a plane and get your ass over there <laughs> 
we go to the next scene and we see Chapo showing Coochie Loco his tunnel vision. And, you know, Coochie Loco is kind of putting him down like I love you like a brother, but you got a third grade education. Sometimes that's what people, all they need to hear is you can't do it and you can prove them wrong. So even in the middle of this pod, I'm going to say you can do whatever you put your mind to. Okay, back to the show. But we see Walt and his nephew, they're having fishing. They're kind of like male bonding. You can tell Walt loves him. You know, this was his brother's son. He doesn't have a father anymore since his father was murdered. We go and we see Felix flying to Nicaragua where it was cause of all of the stuff that just happened to us because of this damn war. And we get to uh, Felix flies over there. He gets pat down by Azul. And that was another funny joke when uh, Don Nito joked about Azul in prison. Uh, so Azul sitting there like he tough. Azul, you ain't got shit on these people. They will mess you up. And they kind of put them in his place. He go and he meet with the guy in the plane. And he is just so paranoid and they're like if you want to speak to us you're gonna to have to get on a plane the cia uh guy is tormenting uh felix he's like i don't give a damn about your money and to make a long story short he ends up giving in when he shows him that he has the routes where they can transport the guns to because this was the time that the uh they did get busted when they found that plane that was really real pay attention that made a that that played a really big part that when that plane flew down and they found all those guns that's kind of what opened up the door to the 1987 uh hearing with oliver north and some others trust me i watched the whole court hearing the shit was deep so basically the cia man uh and Felix Miguel, they end up basically coming to a deal. And now he's in business for having their routes. But what does Felix Miguel does? He sells out a whole nother partner of his, which is Mata. They showed the real footage of Mata being uh, exported out, getting arrested. And he basically takes over his business. So now we see in the show part, Miguel Felix then fucked over Isabel. The Colombian connect his own two partners if he wouldn't even been involved in this for his wife. So we see five people very close to him who he's messed over, and not to even mention the sixth person, which was his godson, kind of uh, Governor Cecil's nephew. Remember, he sliced his head off in season one. So we see how ruthless uh, Miguel Felix is, but this also makes him more powerful because not only now does he bringing in, you know, all the stuff he's bringing in, but now he's doing the uh, routes for the guns, which is the, the main thing that they need this to keep going is for the war. Very, very deep shit when you think about it, right? So we're almost done. Give me about seven more minutes of your time. So we go to the next scene after the meeting with the CIA. This will all go hand in hand because what scene do we see next? We see Zuno. He is testifying, lying about everything, saying he's never heard of Miguel Felix. And this is one of the real reasons Miguel Felix was able to get protected for so long. He had protection by uh, the government, of course, but Zuno said he didn't know him. And then, you know, the other uh, Rafa, uh, Quero, Carol Quintero, he also said never heard of him, never met him uh, also. But, yeah, he testified it ruins 
Watts case. Watts walks, he bursts out of there like he just wants to throw up. And we can see the frustration in him. And then we can also relate to on how Kiki Kiki was with all the frustration of you you brought me here to do a job. I am doing my fucking job. You know, I'm sorry, I get emotional because this stuff really happened. And of course, you can always root for the cartels or root for, you know, the Pablos or whatever, but some of these people who just got hired to do a job and thought that they were just reserving a country, they lost their lives. And it was very, very cruel and evil on how it happened. If you're going to do all this stuff and just let this fly high, don't put me on these assignments. You know, you might as well do like they did with the um, <clears throat> the pilots and just say it's an operation, but it not be an operation. Don't, pe- don't put people's life at risk. And Walt could have lost lives over there with the people he hired. We see what happened with Kiki. So it is very disheartening once you know that it's a true story. And some of these people just was fighting for what they believed in and what they were hired to do. And he did his job. He did it right. And with this type of game, <clears throat> even uh, when we go back to Colombia and we were covering Pablo, like I said, the DEA, they kind of started off okay. Like they were, they weren't the corrupt ones from what I've seen. And, the, you know, what we researched so far, it didn't seem like that they were the corrupt ones. They were just really trying to do a job and didn't know that they were being sabotaged by somebody who worked in this, in there with them. So it was kind of like messed up. And just to see how everything played out and, you know, innocent people lost their lives. That's the part that I didn't like. I'm sorry. I didn't like it. Uh, Walt is pissed. So they have a meeting and they're basically like, well, we can get him with this. We have, you know, his confession from when the police interrogated him. And we got some asshole who walks up in there. He's some high shot. He's I didn't I didn't know the title of him, but he was higher up than all of them. And he basically shuts the whole thing down, talking about how, you know, we messed up. Uh, they, You know, they messed up the our our, our the states like the states messed up going over there, doing everything the way they did. And, you know, this goes back to when Miguel Felix was in the office with the, the, the minister of defense. He was telling him, like, it's not going to look good on America when how, how they brought uh, people, they kidnapped, uh, you know, people and brought them over there like that. So that was one thing. And then now we have the deal being made with the CIA and Miguel Felix and that probably got word back to Zuno as well. And... He just shuts everything down. We go to the next scene and we go back to Horace. We see Mimi. She's over there eating dinner with Pablo and Amato. Pablo goes outside to smoke his weed laced with cocaine. Did you guys see that? (laughs) And Amato and Mimi are talking and she's like, he wants out. You want to take over anyway? And he like, look, if Pablo leaves, he's in control. I, I can protect him while we're all in this together. But if he leaves, I can't protect him from Felix then because he'll be out. Mimi looks frustrated and we'll see more of her to come. Uh, we see Adina and her brother. They're kind of having a heart to heart. And that's when she comes to the epiphany that she's going to do what she wants to do. She's tired of having to try to protect the family and, you know, not being heard. And then we go to the next scene. We see Isabella in a club. She's about to start running through the Tijuana Plaza. We see the high rank and authority that Adina um, carries with her. They bust in, shut the shit down. But then they decide to partner up. But Adina let her know, like, look, you're running it through my plaza. I call the shots. Uh, I was feeling them as a little team. We'll see how that carries out. 
we see Walt and uh, Calderoni meet up. Walt kind of cusses them out. Calderoni also lets us know that he was over there just to make sure Zuno didn't testify. It's bigger than what, you know, Walt thinks. And he lets them know, like, you're an asshole. And he's like, look, I tried, but I want to, I will help you. I don't want to be working for Miguel Felix, but stuff works different in Mexico City. It's bigger than what you think. And in a way, Calderoni had a point. He was in a show trying to stop Miguel Felix. But if he would have took those tapes and arrested him, he would have been in trouble when they found out that his boss's names were all on those tapes and those voices. So even though it's dirty, he still would have been murdered if he would have did the, the right job. So however it go, if he would have did the right job, he would have been murdered. And if he didn't, he's in a scenario that he's in now. We see Hector Palma. He ends up finding out about the tunnel because all the construction has started. And he sees out um, Chapo's vision. So now we get introduced to how Chapo started doing the tunnels and started putting stuff under the border through the tunnels. Smart genius move. Um that was basically season four. I try not to bring it too long, but these cap, these recaps, they might be a little lengthier because we have to break down from plaza to plaza. And I don't want to miss anything because uh, some of this stuff, when you go from season one and you see how, you know, it was just one, three people who we had to worry about and they were all from the same cartel. It was the three bosses. But now it's breaking it up individually so we can see the birth of what it is today. Like we see the Tijuana, how frustrated they're getting. We see Sinaloa. We see Chapo moving up. We see Amato. So we have to kind of cover each plaza because that's on how it went. You know, we season one was like the birth of it. But on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, don't forget, follow me on my social media platforms, Alicia Shanice. If you follow me on Spotify, follow my playlist, Shanice Loves. Won't keep you guys any longer. Um, I'm going to try to push through this as fast as possible. So tomorrow, you know, if everything goes good, because I, I do have to focus a lot on my writing, I'm about to go cook some tacos. And then after that, I'm just going to write for the rest of the day and then i'm going to write tomorrow i want to write a lot but if i get some more downtime after i do the raising canaan i might come back on and check out uh recap five and six if not i do episode um monday i want to kind of try to hurry up and wrap my narcos up and then when season three drops we're gonna already have the recaps done we're gonna be ready for it you feel me so on that note it's your girl shanice and i'm out check you guys tomorrow be safe out there Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.